Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Directed by J.J. Abrams, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is the third instalment of the Star Wars sequel trilogy following The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and the final episode of the nine-part Skywalker saga. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched The Rise of Skywalker yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. This highly anticipated Star Wars film is once again produced by Lucasfilm and Abrams uh, Bad Robot Productions and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Many of the ensemble cast return from the previous two films, including Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Adam Driver, and Star Wars veterans Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Billy D. Williams. Luke, you have the plot. The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more as Rey, Finn and Poe Dameron's journey continues. With the power and knowledge of generations behind them, the final battle commences. That's a generic spoiler-free synopsis. Here's what actually happens. Emperor Palpatine has returned and is revealed that he has been pulling the strings all along, creating Snoke as a puppet to control the First Order and lure Kylo Ren to the dark side. Rey, who is continuing her Jedi training under General Leia Organa, leaves Poe, Finn, Chewbacca, BB-8 and C-3PO with notes in Luke Skywalker's Jedi texts on the Sith artifact that could lead them to Palpatine. They encounter Lando Calrissian, evade Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren, Chewbacca gets kidnapped and the truth of Rey's parentage is revealed again. Again. <laughs> again. Um, I mean... Ah, so uh, much. There is so much. So this we is, we this, we're recording uh, this a lot earlier than we planned to because yeah. we just had to talk about this movie. It's one of those that we know that there's hundreds of reviews on this movie. So if you're so listening many. to us, a genuine thanks. Yeah, like, thank cheers you. Cheers for listening. We are one of thousands, <laughs> probably more, more billions. Everybody, pull back, pull back. Thousands. Everybody who has a podcast, I'm sure. Has a Star Wars podcast the review. Rise show. of Skywalker and, review. Yeah. So this is uh, the third movie, the ninth movie, the. I don't know how many Star Wars movies in here as a whole are there. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Well, 10, isn't it? Is it 10? Yeah, no, if we're not counting the two 11. Ewoks movies, and we're not counting. The spin-offs. Yeah, you're right, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm counting the spin offs. So there's 11 with the live action spin offs. Yeah. But then I there's the animated think, Clone Wars. But I don't the... think you do that. You know, on Disney Plus, what they've put together is. The like starting with Phantom Menace and it ends with Last Jedi and it's filled in the spin-offs where they take place in continuity. And they've only included the live action ones excluding Ewoks. Yeah. So let, for me, I take it as that. Anyway, we're not here to talk about what's canon, what's not, what's a movie, what's... And we're not here to plug Disney Plus. That's it. <laughs> but, but you did it, even though they still haven't sent us anything. You're welcome. Those pricks. Whoa. Whoa, no, we... We, we don't need that kind of language on a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. Although I'm sure there's some Star Wars podcasts that have a lot worse language. Let's see what language Depending we... on their opinions let's, of this movie. Let's see what language we end up pulling out here. So this is, for all intents and purposes, uh, the third movie... In this trilogy. It's the final of the trilogy. It's the final of the entire Skywalker saga. Now, I, I'm i just going to put it out there. Like, Whilst watching the movie, my experience watching it and even coming out of the movie, I was set on a decision that 
I had enjoyed this movie, I had liked this movie, and then as minutes, hours, and I guess a couple days now have passed, I uh, I feel very mixed on the movie looking back at it. Um, Interesting. I, I feel a little bit confused by a lot of things and it has taken a lot uh, you know time prepping this this episode to sort of look at look at it and go where the hell do I sit because I don't know because there's I mean there's a lot well we'll talk about it and often talking about it can end up affecting what you think overall so I don't know where I am right now that's what I mean so we'll get you know however long in you know however long we're going to take talking about it today yeah hopefully at the end point you will know Right. But yourself, do you know? Are you in a weird place? Are you... uh, no. I mean, yes, I do know. And no, I'm not in a weird place. Okay. I I watched Force Awakens and thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt like classic Star Wars. Same. Yes. The Last Jedi came out and I felt indifferent for the most part. And I'm not alone in and that. And I, I remember really actually walking out of it again. Like, I really liked... The Last Jedi. Yeah, I had a, I had problems with The Last Jedi, and I do appreciate what, what director Ryan Johnson was doing, but he wasn't looking to play play it safe. I mean, that is what Abrams did with Force Awakens. It's essentially retelling of A New Hope with new characters. Mm. Last Jedi is something really different, and I like I, all of those things that they were doing. Yeah, but what I think, and, and with this movie, Rise of Skywalker, is Abrams has been brought back into the fold. And although I was entertained and enjoyed the movie, he's playing it safe again. It's very predictable, and we'll get into that, whether I think it's in a good or bad way. With The with the Last Jedi, I'm sure all these names are confusing me, but I did a recent rewatch of, of the new movies before this, and my experience was completely different, and I'm at the point where I'm like, I really... I kind of really dislike The Last well, Jedi. I mean, it's not the movie I remember, and it's, uh, yeah. What I was trying to say about Last Jedi is what Johnson was doing for a movie, for a Star Wars movie, if it was just a Star Wars movie, is not necessarily bad. But the fact that he was doing it in the middle of this sequel trilogy, where, you know, the tone had been set with Force Awakens continuing He's from in. the previous yeah. six movies, and it was just... Very different. And granted, Empire was different to A New Hope. But Last Jedi, The Last Jedi, sorry, didn't quite work the same. And it's not what people wanted. Because he, it wasn't familiar anymore. And he took characters that people love and have wanted to see on screen again for so long. And the way that those characters were treated isn't what people wanted going in. So that's Last Jedi. I've seen it twice. On the big screen, we did a review, and then I watched it at home when it came out to rent. But let's do <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. But I, it is important to address it's very important. where we're going, because yes. I think that because of all of that that came with you know the, the backlash of The Last Jedi, um, and I, I, I can understand and sort of appreciate <laughs> that backlash now, um, there has been a clear sort of course correction that has happened here and that sort of illustrates that there was no clear direction path or game plan with these three movies as a sequential package it was just we'll do a movie at a time we intend to do three it's going to be a trilogy but you know with the changes of, of writers directors there was no clear path there was no at least dot points of where they wanted the story to go do you know what it feels like to or me? if there was they changed it at each at each uh, benchmark there, so it feels like to me that JJ has made 
a trilogy across two films. <laughs> and because of what he did in Skywalker, you don't necessarily need Last Jedi anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because the things that it presented either got ignored or, you know, proved to be incorrect. I mean, I mean he did... He, there's enough in this movie that addresses things that happened in The Last Jedi, you know, like there's things continuing, but there's also sort of... But to the point where you don't need Last Jedi yeah, because you get it here. Things are could have just rushed been over, moved on from, or... Flashbacks. Yeah. Honestly, like, J.J. has made his trilogy across two films, and unfortunately, that does have a negative impact on Skywalker because at times, and more so the... The ending of the movie, it's very rushed. And this is a two and a half hour movie. It's almost like, I mean, to jump in and do an early summary, it's as if this movie had enough stuff going on and they were putting so much into it that it could have been two, possibly three movies, but enough to be more yeah. than one movie. But it could only have one movie because this being a trilogy would have been very important to Lucasfilm, very important to Disney. It had to be one film. You know what they could have done? And I don't even, I don't think people would have been up in arms. It actually might have been something really exciting. They could have come out and been like, you know, this intended. we did intend to do a trilogy. That's how this has worked. But do you know what? We're going to cap it off with a tenth film, split this into two. It I mean, never they happened. could have done it. They could have, but I mean, they never would. <laughs> what, they never would, though, because... Stick to structure and... You've got the original trilogy, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy. That's the thing. The saga's complete. Nine is a neat number. Well, they could have... But they could still have done... For the Skywalker they saga. They still could have done the sequel trilogy and then, like, the grand finale film or something. It never something different. Would have been a ten-movie piece, and that would have been kind of cool. I mean, look at... I what, do like solid numbers. Look at what Marvel Studios were doing. They were giving us Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, so maybe they could have done something like that. But even Marvel had to say, you know what, we're <laughs> going to give you Infinity War, ignore Part 1, yeah. and then we're going to give you Endgame. It got away from them. In a good way, though, for Marvel. And here, yeah, JJ had so much to do <laughs> in this movie. Because you got to think, when he watched Last Jedi, at times, it had been like... Crap. <laughs> like, it's like, what are you doing? It's like he set things up, uh, Ryan Johnson changed things, and then, you know, like, he probably did intend on having Snoke be a bigger character. I'd say. And then, you know, Ryan Johnson was like, no, nah, I'm going to flip that up. Skywalker then... comes around, how do I fix it? Well, he was one of many clones created by Palpatine. Bring back Palpatine, that's what he's done. And They had to, though, because Snoke, you know, he was, you know, he was set up. He had a big presence in The Last Jedi before he was cut in half. Yeah. They could not... Like they had no choice but to use Palpatine because you can't have part nine of a saga and then the biggest threat be a character you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had I mean, no choice but to bring back the Emperor. I guess the issue with... like, I'm okay with him coming back and it's exciting and you know, like, a part I, of the whole saga. I love that he's back. But if Snoke wasn't killed in Last Jedi, would have been Snoke. he's your big bad in this film. Yeah. I just think, you know, either teasers or set up... Again, if this trilogy was planned out properly, the Emperor would have been teased at some point, even if it was as late as the end of The Last Jedi. And that's it was why like... it's so surprising that Johnson was just left to his own devices. Yeah. Must have been. To have done... The Last Jedi. We always say, you know, directors and stuff should be left to be creative and do their thing. But I think 
in terms of something like this, like you need a through line where there wasn't really, there isn't one. Like you said, you could actually remove a whole movie and just fill in the gaps with flashbacks or you know, text in the in the opening scroll. Like yeah, if you can remove a whole movie from a, a series of, then there's something not right. It's why the Marvel movies work so well. Kevin Feige, the figurehead, he's across everything, so that's why it feels of a piece, even though. You've got different genres, you know, the storytelling yeah. goes in different directions, but you've got that same person looking over everything. Absolutely. And if they had that, I mean, they've got Kathleen Kennedy, the mm. Lucasfilm. They used to have George Lucas. <laughs> he started the whole thing. So look, with, with Palpatine coming back, like I'm, I'm with you. Like I like the fact that he's back, that he turns out to be the overall bad guy, because it fits, it works with the whole thing. In a way, I'm like, does it take away from, you know, the whole... Anakin Skywalker, um, Redemption, Darth Vader thing, where, you know, like, he does bring balance to the Force by sacrificing... I mean, that was, that was his whole thing. Killing yeah. the Emperor, killing, in quotation. It's you know? not as big of a thing. Because he didn't stop the Emperor. He delayed him. Yeah. It does... You, it depends how you look at it. it. It can... If you look at it that way, and I think that's why a lot of people are getting upset with this movie, it takes away from Jedi... Not Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi. It takes away from Return of the Jedi because that big heroic act, and it was still Anakin returning, you know, coming back from the dark side, protecting Luke and defeating the Emperor. But he didn't really defeat him anymore. He stalled him. Yeah. On one hand, you can look at it and say, you know, when when wars are won, you know, it doesn't stop war forever. More things happen and go on. But it's not usually like once we've killed Hitler... You know, yeah, the the war's over, it's all done, but it's like Hitler doesn't then come back 20, 40 years later and go, I'm still here, blah, blah, blah. Like, things are gone. It's it's something new that's happening. It's, but so, then again, it's not as if Palpatine, the Emperor, is not coming back like he was before. He's hooked up to the machines. Yeah. And he comes back, and his whole reason for being now to continue to be evil, but he needs to live on... I've got to say it, because (laughs) we know who Ray is. He needs to live on in his granddaughter. So like he will pass his essence essence will go off into her. Before we get before we get into Ray's whole thing there, so with how they planted Palpatine, my issue with it is that it was so late in the game, but even though it's the first thing you, you read and see in this movie. In this movie, I was really surprised by that. It's jar it's it just it yeah it's uh, mind boggling because I'm just like like where did this come from and that's the gripe. A lot of my issues with this movie, you know, before we sort of move forward, will be because of the lack of setup direction from the previous movies. Not necessarily how this movie is contained. It's heavy handed. So, yeah, but we again we are told that anything Snoke did was Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, it, I get it. It is well, it is an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, we know that to be a fact. But they've at least tried to work in a way of saying that who you saw as being this big threat, he was always a puppet of Emperor, just like Vader was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but we did see the Vader-Emperor relationship throughout that original trilogy. That's it. We're told after the fact here, and it's kind of like we're told it, and we need to accept it. Okay, let's talk Ray's uh, lineage, parentage. So... We were previously, you know, told, and you know, one of the themes, I guess, of the Last Jedi was, you don't have to be 
from somewhere or a part of a certain family name. You could just be anyone. Anyone can rise up and the stable boy, the on stable the boy. Planet. You know, like he, and he was, gets the rebellion ring. He was another example of you can just be anyone, and that's sort of what that movie was trying to say. And it was actually a little part of the movie that I, I really liked and appreciated. Um, not anymore. Not anymore. No, no, no. No, it's it's no. You still to be something. Luke and Leia, the children of Vader. <laughs> Ray, the granddaughter of the Emperor. I mean, her parents were still kind of no ones. They were, the, I mean, her, her father, was it her father who was the son of I never got Palpatine? that. I never got who it was. But I do like the fact that it was true that they were no one, but they chose to be, to protect Ray. Yeah. I do like that. But I didn't notice in the movie, you know, I'm really liking Jodie Comer at the moment. I've mentioned her many times. Mm-hmm. Killing Eve, various other projects. She's Ray's mother. Did not notice. <laughs> There's so many faces that come in and out of this movie. Well, and voices. Well, when, when we were seeing that sort of flashback, I was like, are we meant to recognise these people? Like, who are they? <laughs> like, what's going on? And that's who it is. The mum's Jodie Comer. I don't know who's playing the dad. I meant character-wise. Like, have we seen them in previous Star Wars movies? No, we haven't, no. But it... I mean, on that, it's, it, it shows that, you know, Palpatine... Got, he got it. He got down, down and dirty. He, in some way. I mean, he used to look like just a bloke. The which prequel is, film, which does make it easier. Oh so, yeah. So it's like, when did he have this child? Was it before Mace Windu or freaked him out, or was it later? You know, trying to do some math calculations, but. But they ne- yeah, they never make it clear. Yeah, but the fact is that like yeah, he did get down and dirty. Unless he used some sort of force magic stuff to create a child. I don't, I don't know. I think at some point he met someone, settled down for a little <laughs> while, got his heart broken and decided, right, I'm that's gonna, it. I'm going to take over the Senate. That's it. Maybe that's what we need next, a Palpatine prequel movie. We don't need it. Um, Ray's parentage. So I, I gripe with this, with this trilogy is the whole tease of who is she, who's her parents, and I thought we put a pin in that and it wasn't going to go anywhere. The it fact was, that they read... For most people, myself included, that was... Unsatisfying. But I think it's going to that. Okay, that's fair. In and, the Last Jedi, yeah. I've I, it was unsatisfying. I think enough people had that same thought. It makes sense that they were able to come out and say in this movie, no, actually, she is somebody. For me, it was still tiring though to like for the majority of this movie to still be writing who is who's her parents. Like you know, I'm sitting there going, okay, we're still we're still on that. You know, like we're three movies in and we're still riding that train. I feel like. To rewatch this trilogy, you know, years down the line, it's gonna mean nothing because we're gonna know the whole time. And maybe, you know, for the first rewatch or something, you'll be you'll be looking at things in a different light. But eventually, you'll be like, this mystery means nothing. You know, it's- it just seems like the more Star Wars movies they make, the smaller the galaxy is. Yeah, like Phantom Menace, Young Anakin building C three PO. And then it's like everybody at some point, without realising at the time, has met that other person or yeah. done something related like, to something else. How, how are there people in this galaxy who, who still don't know that, you know, the Skywalkers exist when it's like, it seems like every single person has interacted with them, you know, in this universe but the whole in point some way or another. of what's going to happen next is to be away from the Skywalkers. And that's why they're saying this is the end of the Skywalker saga. Mm. So with the Mandalorian TV series, we're getting to see a different part of this which world. does expand it which you know i guess with this movie being within that saga it's okay that it is still linked so heavily to the skywalker lineage but you know i figured that was just i thought kylo ren was the you know the the link 
to the Skywalkers. But that's all right. Well, he is, though, isn't he? His mom was a Skywalker. Mm. But with all that, you know, like, the, there's a big change in theme from at least what what that second movie was was setting up, which was, you know, you can be anyone. You don't have to be... It doesn't have to be this big imperialistic sort of mindset where it depends on where you come from, who your parents are, is what your worth is and what, you know, you're capable of. And that was a really nice message. One, you know, good, wholesome, good for the kids. This movie turns it on its head and say, well, you know, yeah, you can contribute if you're from somewhere else, but the one who really saves the day is the one that has the linkage, the lineage to said person and it's course correction because again like what you're talking about being set up mm. was being set up for the very first time in the last jedi everything up until the force awakens is what we get in no this movie that's again. true so this movie works as thematically with everything else before just not again, what this... it's just pushing the last jedi out of the <laughs> way. how about the plot though i mean there's a lot of what do they refer to it as sort of like mission questing Looking for items, MacGuffins, got to do, got to find this, but to do that, we've got to go here and do and this. And that's Star Wars. You've got to go here There's for this reason. You've got to find that person. That's Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's this fair. This movie. That's fair. Like, and I didn't notice that and sort of realise that I was watching it. This is more of a looking back at the movie and going, there was a bit of that, which was, you know, but it is. It's an adventure movie. And Let's go back be. to the beginning. You sit there. It comes up on the screen. Yeah. Silence a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and then the music, it just every time, every time. transports me. It, it, it just, it's got such an effect and I'm there and I'm in this world. So you get the the scroll, which was just brilliant for seeing speak, that, the yep. music and action, Emperor, Kylo Ren. Flashing strobe lights. You know what? This is the <laughs> first movie I've actually liked Kylo Ren as a character. He comes... He, yeah, he, there's a... And I've, I've got to say, it's probably... I still have issues, but... No, I do yes. as well, but it's probably because, I don't know, he killed Han Solo, one of the best characters in the whole he of Star Wars. He keeps his shirt on in this movie. He For does. Most, we do see but in that first skin, movie, but... kills Han, hated that. And in the second movie, it's not just him, I think it's that movie. And the scene... And they do it in this movie as well, which still pissed me off, I didn't like where him and Ray are communicating on a level that's not been seen before. They're so connected and twined together with the Force. But then, you know, there's there's raindrops in The Last Jedi. They're touching each other, talking to each other. Yeah, they can, like, obviously take objects from... And it happens again in here. And, it, and it, But here worked to a good effect because they were on that hippie planet. Mm. You know, and it's like, I recognise those beats. I know where she is. Okay, There's that a purpose works. for it. Yeah, there was a reason See, for it. See, that's something that was set up and utilised, you know, and it, it's like a good payoff, especially at the end where they actually use it to, in, in battle like they when they're working together. So it does seem like they're taking some of those elements that I didn't necessarily like from that last one. I don't want to keep bagging on Last Jedi. I think we've done it. But <laughs> elements that didn't necessarily work there, JJ's tweaked them slightly. That's what I was saying. Like, and it's working better here. There's some things he's taken and th- some things he's just been like, you know, yeah, you go over there. Like that. That's sort of that's done. That's let's move on. There's a lot of nostalgia that he uses to, like I mean, this movie is probably we thought the the, the Force Awakens was a nostalgic filled movie. This movie trumps that. I reckon the nostalgia is full force. Pun intended. It does. Like JJ's come back and he's turned it up. Mm. And not just the music. I mean, that's an obvious. Every time you hear the music, as he said, 
we're always transported there. You see the Millennium Falcon flying, and you got the music, and you got the the score that's running over, you know, Leia or whoever at those key moments. It's fantastic. But there's so many nostalgic moments and callbacks and lines of dialogue, which the fan in me and the the, the little the little nerd in me goes, "This is amazing. This is fantastic. I'm having a good time." But at the same time, I'm also like, this is a lot of fan service, and you can't help but think, is it too much? Where do you stand? Do you have thoughts? Right. I by no means think this is a perfect movie, and there's problems that I have with it. But as a Star Wars movie, as a fan, I thoroughly enjoyed all of that. Yeah. Because if you think, like, I listened to your Rewind and Review episode with Rob where you revealed that you that your first Star Wars movie was The Phantom Menace. Is, and I uh, heard you say that, and it's like, I don't even know you anymore. That blew crazy. my mind. That's how you're exposed to it. But for me, I was very young. Like, as a kid, I've yeah. never not known Star Wars. So when things are heavy-handed... And keep in mind, like, George Lucas, when he made Star Wars, it was supposed to be... A kid's movie. It was always supposed to be a kid's movie, a toy movie. It just turned out to be Something that families could enjoy. But these kids watched it and loved it. Yeah. But then do you know what happened? These kids got older. And they wanted something more mature and more dark. But what Star Wars essentially is, is a fun space opera for everybody starting at a very young age. And with this movie, when it is, you know, like the nostalgia and, and it hits you over the head with it, it's not subtle at all. But then... It's given me the feelings I had as a kid when I was first watching Star Wars, Empire, mm. Return of the Jedi. It's working for me. It's a continuation of that. When they do something like Rogue One, it's a bit darker, different. Yes, and that's what I was saying before when Ryan Johnson, have middle of a sequel yeah. trilogy, and he's doing things different. Whereas if you're continuing a story that started in 77, tonally, what we're getting from Skywalker... Works for me. Yeah, this does feel... Again, feels part of the overall episodic film series, whereas, I guess, Last Jedi would have served better as... The start of something new. somewhere different, yeah. It was like a backdoor pilot almost, wasn't it? Anyway. But no, you're right. Like, the nostalgic stuff is fun. And I think that's why I did have such a good time whilst I was there in the cinema watching and enjoying it, because it was... Star Wars, it was fun, adventurous, um, all those things that callbacks to the original movies. That and even though it was, you know, I didn't watch those movies first when I did watch them, and I did watch them before episode two and three. By the way, when I did watch them, I instantly fell in love with them. They were amazing, and I had to question why has no one shown me these? And I blame my father for not being uh, a movie buff <laughs> okay. or a Star Wars fan. So just to clear that up, but yeah, no, I was there with you, like the. It is, this is probably the most Star Warsy Star Wars movie. It is. Even though there are still issues. Let's break down some of the characters. Um, well, Ray, Finn, and Poe, you know, it was actually good to see them together and to see them doing things and going on an adventure together, which is what we, we haven't really got, had that in the previous two movies. They've always been separated or, you know. Character- well, that, again, like. Last Jedi. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> criticism of that movie. Like you brought. Where's your trio? You establish these characters in Force Awakens, and then Last Jedi comes around. Let's just keep them apart. Like Ray and Poe don't meet until the end of that movie. Like it's it's madness. 
I did. I was worried though at the start of this movie. You know, there was a bit of banter between it, and I was like, "Are they gonna drop some like relationship reveals on us?" They didn't. You know, I. But I was getting some weird Poe and Ray no, vibes. I was. Yeah, as if they had a crush on Ray. I mean, more so, it was coming from Finn. Finn yeah, that which he... was some kind of you know set up a little bit in Force Awakens. He, you know, he was like, "Do you have a cute boyfriend?" You but know? then the whole thing of Last Jedi was Finn and Rose. Oh, Rose. Unearned, might I add. But then that, the big kiss where, you know, he went to sacrifice himself. I... Oh, he went to do it again in this one as well. He also I mean, went to sacrifice <laughs> himself. Her character, again, is another element that was just sort of brushed aside in this. It was like... Yeah, she, she was in it, but like, let's keep you back at base. Yeah. And then when we do those shots at base, so we can get some reaction shots to what's going on out in the missions... They can be your shots. We'll see you. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're here, you're still present, but... We don't need you because you're not a part of it. There was... I'm going to throw this in here now. When Finn when Finn is hinting that, he's, that he knows... Or, or that he, he wants to tell something to, to Ray, I was thinking it was, you know, that he loved her or something yeah, like that. Yep. There's no reveal of what that actually was. And we'll never know, but, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not revealed. My wife uh, actually said that she figured it was he knew... Who she was. No, how? Leia told him or something. I mean, and that was theory. my answer. I was as, like, how? It's as good of a theory as any, but Who the how? hell would have told him? Yeah. Yeah. And why? And that's not the kind of thing that you just keep to yourself. <laughs> if you don't tell Ray, you'd like, uh, General, can I just share something with you? <laughs> but I didn't like the banter, like the falling out of Poe and Finn. I didn't need that. When did, did they fight? Yeah, they were falling out. Oh, yeah, when it was sort of They come like, back together yeah, and it's sort of, I can't do it without you. You need to be my general. They come back together. Can we talk about, for me, one of the worst scenes in the whole movie, and we'll do it by talking about a character. Okay. Chewbacca. Oh, which scene in particular? It's the scene oh, where, he gets where he's captured and you're like, what the hell just happened? No, there's. I mean, there's one element of the scene which is like, holy shit, that's... Crazy, and then there's also the element of well, yeah, like Let, no, no, let's he's talk dead. about it. He's dead. They're all there together. Yep. And then he decides <laughs> he's got the thing they need, the MacGuffin. Mm. He's holding it, and then he just goes off for a wander. But you see him with them. The next time you see him, he's restrained. He's getting put on the ship, and you're like, <laughs> "What just happened? When did How that happen? did this happen to Chewie, one of the most capable fighters in the whole of Star Wars? He's easily captured, but not only then." We're then led to believe he's dead for like for like thirty seconds, a little bit longer than that. But when no, it was like, revealed, yeah, like, I did like that anyway. Without the ship exploding and we see Ray having Palpatine powers, but when they find him, right, good, is alive. But it didn't detract from the fact that that scene where he's taken was just bullshit. <laughs> I hate it. It's one it of the like worst, the quickest scenes in the movie. Fake death. It was. I mean, I, I, imagine if that had been it. Like he stupidly got captured, and then he's dead. That would have been oh, okay. A massive I disservice. Mean, I didn't have... Oh, so let's just jump to the end. Whoa. Let's stay in Chewbacca. Let's jump to the end where just sort of like casually he gets given that medal that he never received That's at the nice... end of it, it's fan service. But I'm like, come on, <laughs> I mean, you know, you finally got your medal. Leia's dead. Here's your medal. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh yeah, Leia dies. <laughs> we did give the spoiler warning. <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, we, mean, will, we will get We will that, get yeah, to yeah, it. But I'm just sticking with Chewie though. Like, the big things that I didn't like. I mean, I like the fact that he got the medal. It's just, oh, and here you go. 
Look, I didn't, your medal. I didn't have too much of an issue with the fact that he stupidly got killed. I didn't even... I mean, it's a big issue, though. But I, I realised, yeah, now that I'm here, really like, it me. is, but I didn't realise that at the time sort of thing, but it was more the fact that I was so in awe. It's like, oh, man, is this how they're just going to be killing the characters now? Like, final movie, they could do this. They could just kill everyone. I was very... Like, who's to stop them? I was very surprised that JJ had done that at the time where he was stupidly captured and then explosion and then we're told oh no he was on another ship that we never saw because it looked like there was just one ship going up one ship flew away and and she was trying to bring one ship down kylo was also trying to bring it down there was only ever one ship but then we're later told it's okay he's alive it was on the other one i mean still a cool shot though cool scene with the two of them sort of fighting over i couldn't enjoy it because i was really annoyed with what had just happened that makes sense yeah yeah Again, Chewie's with them. Everyone's fine. He's got the dagger. Now, and then he's in restraint. I do like. I it. guess whilst we're talking about this, now the lightning Palpatine powers. Um, I I don't know. I think I was just full moron mode when I was watching this because it didn't even click, and I feel really dumb now that you know a lightning. I never really associated lightning solely with the Emperor. I figured it was more of a Sith power. So when you know she had the lightning, I was like, oh, there's like. You know, a high level of Sith in her, I'm, and that's more yeah. what I was. I'm, I'm with, I'm with you, but in hindsight, she's one of two characters we've ever <laughs> seen do that in Star Wars. I don't Wars. know if I've seen another character. No, I haven't. Not so I mean. Whether so Palpatine a, is the only whether one. Whether in a video game or something, I don't, I can't think of an example. So I probably have it, but maybe in my mind, I just figured it was a Sith thing. And again, but that's... when you know, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, of course. Yeah, I look back now and go, of course. So when it was revealed that she was, you know, Palpatine lineage, Tell I was still a little bit more I... like, what? Wow. Oh, okay. Shock. Lots of feelings. Lots of thoughts. I get your points earlier, but I like that it ends up, that the reveal is that she's the granddaughter of mm. Palpatine and more so the fact that you're more than your blood, like who you come from, like just because like her grandfather is one of the most evil bastards in the whole <laughs> galaxy doesn't mean she has to be. Yeah. So I do like that she was able to pull away, and instead of like being with him, her family, she's got her new, a new family, her friends. Let's talk about her friends. Oh, uh, Poe. One of the issues again, and I'll, it's hard not to talk about what came before, but the Last Jedi, the humor, the comedy, a bit too much. The comedy and humor that's in this movie is a lot more focused and directed with Poe and his delivery. It's like him as a humorous individual humorous uh, personality he brings the comedy and i like that where it's contained within him as a character so big tick for all that um again it's good that you got these two characters sort of like him poe and finn you know along this adventure with ray with chewie and c3po and bb8 and all that but there's a whole sort of side story where, you know, once whilst they're on their adventures, getting the MacGuffins and stuff and getting C-3PO, you know, to translate that thing, there's a, a character who looks like a Power Ranger. Zoe Bliss. Yes. That's the Kerry Russell character. Yes. Although you've really got to listen out for her. If you recognise her voice. You know, last night, I, I watched for the first time in years, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Mm-hmm. That was her first ever movie. Really? I know her from... Introducing Kerry Russell. I know her from uh, Felicity. Is it Felicity? Yeah, yeah. 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 JJ like Abrams. JJ show, yeah. He and then does he, like his... Uh, he his... put her in this. But yeah, I knew she was going to be in this, but until you just mentioned it there, completely forgot, because she is a voice. 
<laughs> similar to you do the Mandalorian. Eyes. Oh, I know, but I don't know her that well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could have been anybody under that. It could that. have been anyone's eyes. But I, her outfit, like, do you remember the costumes from Power Rangers Zeo, like the second series? It was like something from that dead set. Like, it was standard. Are, are you saying a this helmet? is a good or a bad thing? Because I, oh, I really liked it. She looked like a Power Ranger. She looked like a lost Power Ranger. But she's also someone that is deep in space or whatever on a planet that would have, over time, put together a suit, her armor, a helmet, and she'd have cobbled it all together. No, like, this, does, this does confirm that the Power Rangers are set in the same universe. Okay, well, there you go. It's, it's canon. <laughs> it's canon. But I like that they did have a relationship from years ago because we know Poe has been this good guy. Mm. But you found out that he used to be a spice runner. And you know, he used to work on the black market. Yeah. And he, at some point, something happened, and he left to fight in the rebellion. It's fantastic to get like you know um, a backstory to to one of the main characters in the third movie along. But you know <laughs> what? Like, I know, and you mentioned it again on your Phantom Menace episode. You how you feel about Solo, a Star Wars story? Yeah. That could have been a Poe Dameron movie, and it would have been oh, a lot more acceptable you've I mean again I did enjoy it for the most part but yeah. instead of recasting Harrison Ford you'd have got Oscar Isaac back as Poe Dameron shit. yeah what a great idea I can't do it now because like, they've kind of done they've that done it movie. with Solo yeah but they could have because Dameron is a good character reveal his backstory that way and it's sort of like okay wow <sighs> missed opportunity I think oh someone should give us jobs <laughs> <laughs> just ideas department um, C-3PO has a bit more of a a plot than ever before. He does. Everyone's still addicted to C-3PO, though. You've got to feel so <laughs> Poe is really addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, next level. But and even it's sort of like, oh, we'll just reboot the system. Well, we'll just do it. You know, we, we need him to be able to translate this Sith language mm. or, you know, we, we need to know the location of this next thing. We need to go... To find and to do something. So again, there's all that. It's all crap, that. All that it's whatever. That Adventure. Again, Star Wars. Yeah, it's all. That's what they do. When when they do do it, and there's that other new, I forget his name, but that little cute thing. Oh, Boba Frick. I mean, he's pretty fun. He's amazing. He's fun. I like him. He's so cool. You know, everyone's talking about Baby Yoda, the child in Mandalorian. Boba Frick. But that moment. At he's the, a cool character. That moment at the end where he's in the ship and he's just screaming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's happy. He's happy. I like him. He's a really good addition to this movie. But so his purpose is to reset, essentially he's just resetting C-3PO, which would wipe his memory so he can then translate the the thing. Well, I think he translates it before. It, that'll lead to him being wiped. So yep. I had to worry. I was like, wouldn't he forget? But anyway, all good, all good. Well, they had to, when they, he, well, they're rebooting him from scratch. Yeah. And it was after he was programmed originally, they turned off that function. Because there's no need for him to be able to read the yeah, Sith. which is... So that's cool. why they have to hit uh, the hard reset button. But when they do that, essentially, they are killing C-3PO. But he says, I am backed up on R2-D2, but he's not very reliable. Something along those lines. Yeah. So I'm like thinking, well, okay, so we're going to get a version of C-3PO back where he's going to remember enough. So the kind when, of, again, like the, the kind of teleplay come, what's going to happen. When R2-D2 does, you know... Give him his memory back. He seems like C-3PO, as we know. Yeah, for the, seem... for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, he could even just be the same. Like, maybe R2-D2 is more reliable than he was given credit for. But that moment we see 3 po and he kind of stops. And Poe's like, what are you doing, 3 po And he's like, I'm just taking one last look at my friends. They had that in pretty much every trailer. 
got me emotional every time in a trailer and it worked for me again in the movie. Oh, I was because again, say. like he is a machine that for the most part, yeah. you, you call that Poe, treats him like crap. But he is an essential part of Star Wars. And he's willing, because he's never been the bravest character, yeah. but he's going to make that the biggest sacrifice. And he's never really had, yeah, he's never really had to no, but do anything that... He's doing it here. And just, uh, I don't know, it's the delivery. It's the lines. It's, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just taking one last look at my friends. It's Anthony Daniels really doing what he, he does. It's was one of the biggest emotional scenes for me of, of the whole movie. I and it worked perfectly. I mean, to yeah, you, you yeah. say it didn't make a difference, you know. Like you I mean, it, it didn't because it it was just as effective. And of course, I'd seen it that many times in the trailer. I was waiting for it. But in the movie, there's more context. There's a longer scene leading up to it, and it still works. But you're right. I though. didn't realize. I didn't realize that he was saying it for something that he was kind of actually doing. Sacri- you know, he was basically. Mm. And that's right. Himself. That wasn't in the trailer. I thought it was more like, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, get on the Millennium Falcon and then go do this." And it's like, "Oh, this is gonna be pretty dangerous." And then, oh, I'm just going to take one last look at my friends. Okay. It's a great line. This is, it's a great it's, scene. It's really... The scene is about him. So, yeah, it does work better in context. Still wish I hadn't seen it before. Um, any other supporting characters you want to mention? Or should we move on to... Well, are we not going to talk about Lando Calrissian? Billy D. Williams We should talk back? about him, I guess. Of course we should. Yeah. He's good in this. A bit more rotund than I remember. <laughs> But it's still great having him back, and and he makes a point of saying, "I'm too old to fly. I can't help you, kids." And you I'm just past know my prime. he's gonna be, of course. And again, that's this movie being predictable, but in a way that I like. You know, when they they kind of had to abandon the Millennium Falcon, I figured, oh well, Orlando's gonna pick that up and show up later on. But no, the the First Order picks up the the Millennium Falcon, and then yeah, I was like, okay. Because I figured, well, that's how they're going to get the Millennium Falcon back. Tell you that's what, be like his moment, he, his moment, he's is absolutely incredible. Like the whole thing is like, you've got Poe and he's in charge, and he's like, people will come, and he he repeats what Zori Bliss said on the on the planet mm. that you know, people believe or care more than you think, and then he's like, right, okay, and, and he's putting a lot of faith. And that's what Star Wars is, you know, Jedi and everything else. People will come. Like, when we really need them, they'll be there. And that's Lando's big moment. Not in the Falcon. He's not in the Falcon, is he? But no. He, he, but he, when he comes back, and I've tried to find it on the soundtrack and it's not there, my favourite piece of music from this movie, it's the classical long intro rendition to the Star Wars theme. And it's all the ship's arriving it's sort of like a magical plucky version of the star wars theme and it is incredible and i was going to try and watch the movie a second time before recording today and my main motivation for watching the movie again was that scene in particular for that for that bit of music and if you compare it to anything portals think endgame it's star wars portals i mean that is the the thought i had um during that scene but I mean, not as, not as you know, incredible. I mean, I cried during that portal. It's scene. not portals level because but it's, it's not. The there's no characters of... that I know or recognise. No, but it's, it's still like it's people coming. You know, it's Captain America. He's done. 
Yeah, like that's he's Poe Dameron sitting there, exactly. being like, "No one came. Oh my god, we've we've messed up. I was wrong." So it's like Disney on and by left. the look at what Disney have done, <laughs> and going, <laughs> hey, we're going to do that." I like what Disney did over here. Us as Disney, we're going to do that as well. And then Disney aren't going to get an ode with Disney for doing something very similar mm. in their Disney movie. It's all Disney, man. I mean, and, Kevin Feige might be like... Worse now, it's like, can you remember when Warner Brothers used to be a studio? Can you remember when Sony used to make movies? It's all going to be Disney. Every movie is going to end like Endgame. <laughs> but that was a great scene with Lando and, again, that music. And at some point, I can't remember where, John Williams has a cameo. Uh, in, uh, like, a bar somewhere. He's the bar tender. Apparently, I missed planet. it. It's a very, like, blinking or missing scene. But I'm glad that he finally got in it. It's when the, the whole crew is sort of just walking in, in, in and they're all like bantering or something and he just makes a look and he just goes, oh, like, like these. I've mentioned that in music idiots? already, the music across the board. I mean, you wouldn't expect John Williams to phone anything in. Mm. I don't think he ever has. And he's not doing it here. Now, you think he's done nine Star Wars movies. He did the main theme, main title theme for Solo. But these Star Wars movies... They're all him, and he's still finding ways to make the fanfare, like, do original takes on it. Yeah, like, what can he do that's new? Whether it be, you know, like, and he does slowing it, things down, playing with things, doing it at a different tempo, tone, I don't know. So music in the credits, when it comes up music by John Williams, and you just think, it's the last time that's going to happen. This is his last Star Wars film, and the fact that he was able to, by himself, do, like, compose... The whole Skywalker saga. The, the, the score blew me away. I thought it was fantastic. Awesome. And I think yeah, with with Star Wars and John Williams, I think that's a given anyway, you know? like, But you're not wrong. I'm, that doesn't take away from that statement at all. It's fantastic. Let's talk about Leia. Of course, let's talk about <laughs> Leia. Yeah, I was very curious how they were going to do this because we knew that they said they were only going to use footage they'd already filmed. And specifically from The Force Awakens as well. So, JJ's so unused movie. footage from that. And that's what we're going to get to see on here. So obviously the so situation, yeah. unfortunately, that you know, it's we a lot of her just kind of standing around, I mean, awkward angles. You, on one hand, I'm like, do you know what? With the situation, under the, like they pulled it off. Right? They did. They did. Until... On the other hand, okay, I'll, I'll get to a specific then with you. But um, on the other hand, it is sort of a lot of the scenes where characters are interacting with her, and what they've done, they've sort of uh, I can't remember the exact like technical term, but you know they've used the footage and then changed the background, changed the clothing with CGI, added details to her hair, like graded up or changed stuff like that. But essentially, she's there delivering the line still. But the interactions that characters have with her, it's almost like. Like, she's a soundbite machine, and they'll say something, they'll be talking at her, and she'll say, no, don't go, or something, yeah. you know, it, and it's very, it's, and it's hard to, because it's like, it's not a criticism on her performance, because... Well, you can't blame her. Because it's not her, like, in that... And, and keep I, in mind, they're probably using takes that weren't intended to be in a movie anyway. Yeah, and Let's I Let's do it differently, say this line I can't remember exactly what the line was that she said, one of them... But to me, I was like, I reckon she's saying that to Harrison Ford. Right. Like, I can't remember what it was, but there was one that just stood out, and I was like, I reckon that's to Harrison Ford. I reckon that's a Han and Leia moment, but she's saying it to Ray. Could be. And, but, again, with the circumstances, the situation, bloody hell, they pulled it off. Until they did. You said, it worked. Yeah, until, and this is not Carrie Fisher's fault, 
they kind of did what they said they weren't going to do because they did have a young CGI Leia. Oh, okay. Where well, it's young yeah, Luke, that's different, yes. Young that's... Leia. But still, though, I didn't think they were going to do that because they made a point of saying that. But even if even if um, Carrie Fisher was filming scenes for this movie, alive and healthy, doing her thing, that still would have happened, I but reckon. But my, my ding, it's on it's the effects and they're not <laughs> quite there yet. When you see Luke and he's got a helmet on, kind of worked, young Mark Hamill, for me, worked really well. But he doesn't open his mouth. Leia, for me, worked until she smiled and you saw her teeth. Freaks me out. <laughs> CGI teeth, that's where... It's not working. We need to focus on and that. And somebody said the eyes don't work. But I get too distracted by the teeth. And we saw that in Rogue One. When we saw her open her mouth. That's what, because she speaks. That yeah. throws me off. It's the teeth. <laughs> you just made it like a gesture, like you were horrified. <laughs> oh, get that away from me. Yeah, you just, I don't know, it's, it's freaky. But you, Hey, listen, you mentioned Harrison Ford. Not yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well. What I are you going to say? Holy crap. Did you know he was going to be in it, or did you have an inkling? No. Like, Harrison Ford has famously wanted to die since the 80s in, in Star Wars. I mean, he did, and he did die. In The Force Awakens, so it's like he had to wait, so like, was it Empire he wanted mm. to die and they frozen him in carbonate, but he wanted the character to die for him to be done with Star Wars. 2015, he finally gets to die. We don't see him in Last Jedi, but again, we're not to think about that movie anymore. This true sequel to Force Awakens brings <laughs> back... sequel. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. It brings back Harrison Ford, and never in a million years did I think we would see Harrison Ford in a Star Wars movie ever again to the point when he first turns up it's his voice first speaking to Ben honest to God I thought it was Lando Calrissian <laughs> somebody like an older voice from Ben's past that's someone that maybe knew him as a kid hmm. trying to get through to him and when we get to see Harrison Ford once again as Han Solo I was shocked overwhelmed is an understatement stunned overwhelmed yeah I mean I want to know how much he got paid for that because I reckon I reckon they would have written some dollars. and But you know what? It wasn't just a shoehorned moment where they were like, oh, let's just get him back for the sake of it. It was a bloody good scene. It was a purpose to it, and I think it was actually very important, and it lead, led to the whole you know, Kylo Ren redemption. Never. And you know thing. what? Like, How can you redeem Kylo Ren? It cannot be done. Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Like you said... He killed Han Solo, he did. and you can't forgive him for that. So exactly. the only person to sway you yes. to forgive him is, is Han, Solo. Han Solo. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about the it. And, you know, and this is what I'm saying. I've come around to Kylo Ren now because you're right. If Han, if Han Solo, well, he is. If Harrison Ford didn't come back for this film mm. and didn't have that scene, like you're right, it is not if a throwaway scene at all. Say, I forgive you. And yeah. just calling him Ben. And you know what? They also fixed from Last Jedi. The whole <laughs> thing between, you know, he's... Because you did think in that movie, is Rey tempted by Kylo Ren? Like, there's moments. Is like she going to go to the dark side? Just in general. Okay, like, you know, general. sexually or the Force, the dark side, whatever, the Sith. Because you do see she's kind of leaning in and she does go out of her way to try and save him all the time. And then Abrams fixes it in this movie, when she, he say you were tempted, you did want to come with me, and she said no. It was Ben. She saw a glimmer of Ben Solo 
It was never Kylo Ren. But until this movie, so she, that distinction wasn't made. She kept talking to him and kept moving towards, towards him because Ben Solo. She thought that she could get Ben out of that. It, for her, it was always Ben and never yeah. Kylo. The, the the strong touch moment with his redemption, you know, like you know, he said, you know, Han Solo is the one that says like, "I forgive you for it," and you know that like, let's just call him Ben now, I guess. He's saying to, to his father, you know, like, he, well, he wants to say that I love you, and he's trying to say it, and Han says, I know. He did the oh, line! He did, he he did, did the, the thing. line! Again, fun service, but I'm there for it! He said the thing <laughs> that we all love! Take and leave the, the fan service, like, some of it, I'm just like, yeah, damn straight you put that in the movie, and others, I'm like, oh, you put that in the movie, did you? But yeah, this is one where... It's, it's, it's a highlight of the movie, and one that never... In a million years, would I've seen coming? Like, if someone had said to me, "I've seen the movie, Han Solo's in it, Harrison Ford's back," mm. I don't think I believe him. To be honest, I'm <laughs> like, I, no way. The um, I guess this is a way I can get us back to to Leia because I've got one final thing uh, with it. But Carlo is, you know, Carlo and and Ray are having their fight. You know, that lightsaber thing. There's all the water on the, you know, the remnants of the old Death Star that's crashed. Amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, more nostalgia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but cool scene, like cool lightsaber fight and stuff. Um, the way that Ray managed to get the upper hand is Leia uses, I guess, the last of her life force, force energy, whatever, to, I guess, try and one last attempt to get through to him, hold him back, whatever she's doing, that does cause her death. And I guess at the same time leads to... Kylo Ren's death as well. Although, we'll move that aside for a sec. It also helped out the movie, though. Because yeah. it is a thing that Jedis and Sith disappear under cloaks. Mm. So that was a way around it. In this scene, we will completely cover Carrie Fisher <laughs> in this blanket. Yeah. And then when she dies, it just drops. And it feels like Star Wars. It doesn't feel like, quick, let's put a blanket over her. And that can hide what we're about I'm to curious, do. Because there must have been a scene somewhere in Force Awakens where Carrie Fisher, I guess, was laying down trying to communicate. I'm assuming Maybe. still to, to yeah. colour it. And that could have happened. But it, it but does I work was, in this movie. You know, I was thinking, I was like, can they kill her off in this movie? Because they never filmed or shot a death scene. But again, they pulled that off. They really did. And what a send-off for Carrie Fisher for... Princess, it, it was General you know, Leia. For a film, she kind of didn't act in. She gives a very good performance. <laughs> like you said, not all the dialogue lines up, but for the most part, her being in this movie, it does work. No, but I mean, when the character, when the other characters come back and find out the news, and it's like that's when I felt more like the emotion. I was like, oh wow, like you just like, get the impression when that Chewie's breaking down. I'm like, oh, the you just get the impression that the, char- the the how the characters in the movie feel about Leia is how us the audience that's it, feels yeah. about it there's no so character you, in the movie that you, you just know, feel justified like you know you, you're feeling it emotionally and then you're seeing that on screen and it just it worked perfectly but having both Leia and Solo reaching out to Ben because he's like how can he ever be redeemed like he's done some really bad shit but for me the movie justifies enough for him turning heel yeah. Oh, and I mean, you can look at Anakin Skywalker and, and say, well, he redeemed himself pretty quick then, didn't he? Like, same deal. Like, if you criticise this for saying it, it was, it came out of nowhere. If they I, put, don't, I don't feel they as though it did come out of nowhere. more effort into this than the start Anakin of the movie. Skywalker redeemed yeah, himself. Yeah, but the start so. of the movie, like, in never in a million years would I have thought he was going to be redeemed by the end. But they do 
enough. And again, like having Leia and Solo involved mm, without them, definitely, I wouldn't be able and to I, buy. I it. know you haven't been a big fan of his character, but I mean, he's the probably the most consistent thing along these three movies. He's he is. always had back and forth toying with or struggling with going through with something or doing something or questioning stuff that's always been a consistent so but I, we don't get the temper tantrums here that was a thing and we, and, you know all the big nipples we, but then yes <laughs> but we did get temper tantrums in but you know what you know the the crumpled vader helmet which was a big thing of force awakens in the promotional material and then they just did away with it we didn't it wasn't really a thing anymore yeah, and dusted. then this movie is back <laughs> But it got dusted in this one, didn't it? Yeah, but it's, it did. But it, it, they brought it back again. It was on the pedestal. I don't remember seeing it in Last Jedi. You oh, watched okay. that movie again recently. Um, they kind of like put it away and you put oh, the helmet away. I've watched both away. movies like, together. So I, 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 but I'm uh, glad that Kylo, went, when he was still being a badass, he was back to wearing the helmet. And it yeah. had the, the red torch marks on where it had been pieced back together. Yeah. I like that. It's that sort of like... The, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like that Japanese tradition of like... Um, you know, when you have like a bowl or something and it breaks and then you, you seal it back together with like gold or something and it actually makes it more valuable right, and more yep. because it's like you learn from the mistakes and it, and it's like, okay, thematical stuff there. I like it. General Hooks, we find out that he was the traitor, the informant, <laughs> but he was only doing it because he wanted Kylo out the way. He's, he's a bit he's, he's the snivelling guy and he worked in the other movies for me Donald Gleeson I do really yeah. like him as an actor I'm glad that I mean I was like what when, I was like what, why I'm glad that it was okay I'm only helping you because I just hate Kylo Ren and I yeah. want it to fail okay I can buy that if it was I've been good this whole time get the Get the F out. Like, just, no. Like, but that wasn't what they did. So I buy his motivation because... He is sniveling. He generally wormy. dislikes Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren, like, you know... Treats him of, like a dick. He threw him a lot around a bit. <laughs> it's like Hux is the Empire's C-3PO. Yeah. He gets trapped very badly. We need to talk about Richard E. Grant mm. as Allegiant General Pride. He's bloody brilliant in this. When they I mean, announced him as being in the cast... Richard E. Grant looks and sounds like somebody perfect for Star Wars and to be a bad guy. I thought he was great in this. And when he finds out that I found the traitor, bang, dead. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Yeah, so Hux was a big character. But uh, yeah, Richard E. Grant's uh, character is a new presence. He is. But honestly, he felt very familiar very quickly for me. It didn't feel like we'd just seen him for the first time in this movie. I mean, he, he, I guess he just slipped into the shoes of just any sort of other general, either First Order, um, Emperor, whatever. Yeah, it's... But often he does feel that role, but you feel like... It does, but often when you've got, like, generals, you know, you've got hooks, and then this guy, you know, he's higher ranking. But you can see that when Kylo Ren's there, yes, hooks doesn't like Kylo Ren, mm. but he's generally scared of him. You don't get that from General Pride, which I really liked. You didn't get the impression that Richard E. Grant was afraid of him. Yeah. And I really liked that. It made him seem more menacing in his own right. That's it. We needed someone a bit more scarier than, than Hux. Unless they were going to turn Hux like, up to 12. You know, like, I think this was the right choice. Yeah? Okay. I'm still on the fence with it. But <laughs> they did what they did. Would but you, I do what, like... Would you, what, did you not I like the idea? I liked what that... Richard E. Grant was doing so right. I take it and I accept that I'm like fantastic but if they didn't have him I would have been okay with it if they had done something with Hugs. right but they obviously 
there was no intention, so whatever. Well, good. Because he was quite threatening and menacing in at least The Force Awakens, and then they kind of made him a big man baby yeah. in the second one. Well, so. it was him and Kylo having ta- tantrums. Yeah, that's it. Tantrum, and tantrum, then tantrums. we had Richard E. Grant come in and be an adult, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Should we talk about a few of the, I guess, Resistance members? I guess we'll just skim through them. So there's Maz Katana back. That's that little orange space pirate yep. thing. Uh, voiced by Lupita Nyong'o. The, I mean, she's doing fo- like a character. You know, doesn't really do much. She doesn't have a lot in this mo- at I, all. But I, she's there. I'm still holding on to the, you know the the promise that she said. You know, I'll tell you where I got you know the the lightsaber from. Right. In Force Awakens. This saga's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So prepare to be disappointed. Uh, Maz Katana. Unless she gets her own spin-off. A spin-off. That's it. Done. Um, there's a few, I guess, J.J. Abrams veterans. Dominic Monaghan. Uh, oh, yeah, from Lost. Uh, Beaumont Kin. I mean, these characters just stood out to me. He's there, like, isn't he? He's there. Like, he's he's there. a present. He's, he's just there, happy to be in a Star Wars film, I think. Greg, uh, Greg Grunberg comes back again. He was in Force Awakens. He probably appeared in The Last Jedi. I don't know. JJ puts him in everything. Everything. He plays a character I've listened called to, Snap. I listened to an interview with him, like, and when JJ's working on something, he phones him up. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'd be like, can you hey, put me in it? <laughs> I'm doing something. Uh, Shot for a day. But he has, you know, he has a few lines in this, and there's a one one exchange in particular where it's sort of like it's all bad news, mm. and then say like, "Don't be so negative," and then he puts like a positive spin, and then just sort of like brush him off. <laughs> it was sort of like an odd moment, like a bit sarcastic. Um, Billy Lord has another role again. I mean, like she's playing the same character, obviously, but. Force Awakens, she had one line. Yep. Last Jedi, she had more, and then this one, I think. Either about the same or, or more again. Again, being Carrie Fisher's daughter, good to see her. I like her in things that she's done. So she stands out. So they're, they're all in there. And again, Rose is back again, just being a presence. We get a big cameo. Like I'm like, holy crap. I cannot believe we are seeing Wedge Antilles in this movie. The grey-haired X-Wing pilot. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, from the original trilogy. I mean, I didn't recognise him... And such I had to... I did straight away because I'm a big fan of New Tricks, the BBC oh, right. cop show, and he's ah. in that. See, for me, I like. I was like, okay, he must be someone, probably like one of the I'm old like, X-Wing ha- pilots. What is happening? And what again, does he say? It's like, oh, good flying pole or something like oh, that. Something or like that. It was just great, yeah. great fan service. But I'm like, how is he alive? Everyone dies in Star Wars. <laughs> but Wedge is okay. And although he had minimal lines in that original trilogy, he has always been... A fan favourite. So the fact that they're able to bring the actor back and give him an action sequence in this movie is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Well, let's talk about that whole, I guess, final final act, everything that's happening. It comes down to Ray and Ben versus Palpatine or Darth Sidious, I guess. I do like when Ray went to confront Palpatine, she took two lightsabers, Luke's and Leia's. She knew. She knew Ben was coming. And, I just and thought, when he arrives, he's I just he's thought surrounded. she wanted to fight with two lightsabers, and I was like, that's cool. No, <laughs> she knew Ben was coming, and yeah. when he's trying to get to her, and he's surrounded by the Knights of Ren... Again, they use... Which never really... Oh, the Knights of Ren. They were meant to be like this Something. big thing. And then Nothing. Last Jedi... Sorry, Last Jedi. But you're like, nope. Even in this movie, like... Yeah, okay, fine. They're actually interacting with Kylo Ren, which is great. No dialogue. I'll say that. No, not so. And they're the big action scene. Or were they the Red Guards with Snoke? No, Red Guards. Oh, bloody hell. The Knights of Ren appeared in <laughs> right. a flashback. Oh, in... That's right. When Luke was going to kill. Yeah, in The Last Jedi. Yeah. 
yeah, flashback there when there were yeah. carnage and stuff. And you then know, Luke was going to kill a child. That 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 part of the movie. Yeah. Yay. No, but he wasn't going to look. There's more. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. There was a moment <laughs> there was when a Luke moment. was going to murder his nephew. This family. You know. The... I swear. Anyway, yeah. But um, so it essentially comes down to the idea of Jedi versus Sith, as it always has been and it always will be. But, you know, Palpatine reveals, you know, everything. And he's like, all of the Sith live in him. And, oh, my God, I was expecting, I was like, are we just going to suddenly get cameos of, like, Darth Maul and, I don't know, every other Sith that sort of existed? I thought we were going to get, on either side, like, an army of Force ghosts, Sith Sith ghosts. ghosts, And I, I thought that's... What it was going to be. Do you know what? If it had happened, I mean, would have been pretty crazy. Would have been pretty cool. It would have been mental. <laughs> if that was your third act battle. To close off know. this thing where it's just Sith from the path, Jedi from the path. We didn't get that, but we did get voice cameos. So when when Ray's down and, you know, like, she basically needs that kickstart, that motivation to get up, do it. You have this in you. On the other side, you know, if all the Sith exist in the Emperor, then... Or the Jedi exist in Rey. Yeah, we get voice cameos. And I did hear voices, but it wasn't until after the fact. Because again, I tried to know as little about this movie mm. as possible. I was worried about some being spoiled. Some you could recognise, some you but, waited to the credits to be like, it was. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that the voice cameos are new recordings. I thought we were just oh, hearing... Oh, is that, is that yes. true? I thought we were just hearing snippets from previous movies. But the people, you can run through them, they recorded new lines of dialogue solely for this film. So when when they're, when the Jedis are speaking to Rey, you know, you've got Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker. Um, a lot of these characters, I'm assuming, are from like other things I'm not familiar with, but Olivia D'Arbo as Luminara Onduli, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, Jennifer Hale as... Sorry, Ahsoka, she's from... Star Wars, the Clone Wars TV series. So I figured there would be yeah. those I do know mechanical that one. connections. I think some of them are either animated or prequel. Right. So Ashley Eckstein, uh, no, we did that one. Jennifer Hale as Ayla Sakura. Samuel Jackson, I heard. Um, Mace Windu. And the combination of Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's Frank Oz as Yoda. Um, Angelique Perrin as Adi Galia. Freddie Prince Jr. as Canon Jarrus and Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Right, so Freddie Prince Jr. is Kanan and he's one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels. He is fantastic in that show, which is a very good show and I know you've not got to these animated mm. series and they are on Disney Plus, plug. So definitely worth watching. But it's cool that they use but the Kanan voices from... Is, it is cool. Kanan is a fantastic character. So hearing him in this, that Kanan is Rebels and Ahsoka is the Clone Wars, mm. because they are said to be canon. Like they, a lot of the extended universe got shifted out of continuity. Yeah, but these animated series still there are canon, and this concretes it. I guess like their voices feature. But Liam Neeson is it? This has to be his second time as Qui Gon Jinn. I don't think I they do not... flashbacks. Yeah. In, maybe they do in the Clone Wars. I've not seen it all. But I think this oh yeah, could something be like his... he screams at Anakin or something. I'm pretty sure that's a thing right, somewhere. Okay. Maybe as a flashback. Like it's at said. least his second film then. Yeah, it's still cool. Like <laughs> oh, it, it is. It is cool. But I, I think again, like, I tried not to know things going in. 
But I think I would have appreciated these voice cameos a lot mm. more knowing it was new dialogue. Yeah. But that's still cool now. That I mean, like who knew movie? that we would hear Hayden Christensen again <laughs> in his live-action Star Wars film? Just sneak him in there one Here last time. Um, the death of Ben. We should address both of them, actually. So he does die, you know, after he's redeemed. Ray brings okay. him back. Before we do that, we need to talk about something. Did you get the memo from Star Wars that it was important that you watched Mandalorian Episode 7? I knew before? there would be something. No, I didn't watch it before. Okay, I didn't watch it before either. The reason why they said watch it before, and I think they actually moved it forward, is because it always gets released on a Friday. We should be careful, spoiler-wise, for The Mandalorian, I don't I think so, because they kind of wanted you to know this watching Rise of the Skywalker. So if you didn't know... You've kind of Maybe seen don't it. Maybe use detail. No, no, because all they're doing is setting something up. Okay. So we see something in Rise of Skywalker that we'd not seen before. Do they set up the fact that... That they can transfer force... life force. Okay. So That's all we need to know. Yeah, so something happens in Mandalorian. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you're presenting a new thing that's always been a thing. <laughs> but, but again, like, since uh, the Mandalorian launched... It's new episodes on Fridays. Yeah, and they moved For the first forward. time, they put this out on a Thursday. I knew there would be a reason, and but the, I still didn't watch it. In the US, <laughs> they they get movies on a Friday. And that, that's why they did it. But interestingly, though, this is... Like, Chapter 7, it's part one, I believe, of the two-part finale. I think this is it. Yeah, eight episodes. Wow. There we go. What's our Mandalorian plug as so well? So they <laughs> really tried to get people to watch Mandalorian. I mean, I, I knew, but I didn't, and I just watched the movie. So where it's introduced, where that thing is introduced in this movie, Ray kind of heals that snake or brings life that to that. creature, yeah. Whatever that is. So, you know, it's hinted, and you, you watch it going, well, life, that's going to come up at some point again. And it does, she, like, she has defeated Kylo Ren or, or Ben or whatever, but she makes the decision, bring him back. When she stabbed him with a lightsaber and then healed him, I'm like, what are you doing? This is a bad dude. But again, she's trying to save Ben Solo. But I'm like, you've done it. This, this is sort of like, this is a big win for you right now. End of the movie. And, then, <laughs> and if you go back and tell people, oh, I killed him, but then I brought him back to life, they'd be like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> what, what are you saying right what now? What are you doing? He heals him. Genocide. So much. And then he's pretty much left for dead fighting the Emperor. Similar to Vader, he gets thrown off a ledge. But he crawls his way back up. Mm. And then Rey is drained. She fights one-on-one -on -one with the Emperor. She just wins defeats him and then she's essentially left for dead and then it's kylo that brings her back and then she's like ah oh, ben and they have a kiss he dies that's it <laughs> now on the kiss where do you stand I, one surprised by it two didn't necessarily need it but i guess it kind of <laughs> three i just go with it whatever it's the it's... type of, it, again it's the type of movie that it is i mean before we find out that luke and leia our siblings, brother and sister, they do have that kiss yeah. and Han and Leia kiss. It's that kind of adventure movie, isn't it? It falls into, like you said, you know, when George Lucas made the original movies, it was capturing those sort of um, child-friendly serials, those you know? Like those 50s movie serials. Yeah, where it was about adventure and romance and, you know, like the action and fighting. It was all fun and convoluted plots and storylines and twists and, you know, all that kind of shebang exactly that's what I was saying before that, that's always yeah. what Star you want to win the girl at the end get that kiss it's all part of it and even though our lead character is female you know it still works I mean Star Wars George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie 
and they wouldn't sell them the that rights. Paints, yeah, that's and exactly it. So he went away and created this original home. property. Mm. It's incredible, but that's where it started. It's like Indiana Jones. It's what they did there. They went back to the movie serials. Yeah. Instead of being sci-fi, it was action-adventure. And then just elevated what they were making. And- to the kiss, yeah. You yeah. know, I didn't need it. I don't think you need to... When you've got, like, a strong female character that's essentially, you know, one of the leads. Mm. Like, it's her movie. She doesn't need to be kissing the guy. Yeah. But it worked in context because... And I mean, she, you there know, was an established yeah. some sort of weird connection There was an attraction there. But that's when that's happening, I'm like thinking... <laughs> But has Finn still got a crush on her? But then Finn, he's also got his new, like a new relationship going on. He's forgotten about Rose. They're still mates, I guess. But he's got the new character, and her name is. Oh, we didn't mention her. Jana. <laughs> yeah. She's the character with the space horses. Yeah, and you see them all riding on like the the first order ship and stuff like that, which is. And she's played by Naomi Aki, and I've got to say, stunning. She's one of the most attractive women I've seen in such you a long time. You know what she's time. in? No. End of the Effing World, season two. Right, okay. Go watch that show now. She's really, <laughs> really good in this, like, a costume, the design, all of it. But I remember when her character was first teased, people's assumption, ah, she's playing Lando's daughter. Mm. And then when you jump to the end, she's like, I don't know who my family is. And he's like, ha-ha, let's go find out, shall we? But I was thinking... I, did, I honestly thought. I mean, I don't. When when the scene was said and done, he's not her father, because again, that would really shrink the world. And I think the yeah, the little the little tiny racist in me was like, oh, the other the black character and the younger black character they must be related. And that's like, well, no. Like, but to that logic, Finn <laughs> must be his son. Exactly. <laughs> so, and Mace Window is their is their uncle. I but, mean, but no, I I leaned. You know, the rumours, and I think the way they were, the reason why they were started is because it was announced that Rise of Skywalker was going to have Lando come back. And also, by the way, here's this young character and we don't know her past. Yeah. So the, the assumption and the rumours started there. I'm glad that's not what it is, but it's almost like after this adventure, Lando's got a new lease on life. And he's like, hey, kid, you need help. Either that I'm going to help you. I don't believe it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, no, please, Lando, leave Jana alone. <laughs> She's on the young side. She is way mm. too young. Probably too young to be his daughter, actually. At oh, had a push, yeah. Probably her, probably his granddaughter. Yeah, cause I'm glad we... That's a thing now. I'm glad we mentioned it. Yeah, I probably forgot about it. And yeah, we do get that, that scene with all like the space horses, whatever they're called. Um, that was a cool scene, though, because yeah. it's sort of, okay, let's block the transmissions, because they... The Empire, not the Empire, the First Order, the New Order, the Final mm. Order. Yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> the Final Order. They're like, well, let's just block their ships. Let's, you know, block the transmitters or whatever. Mm. And it's like, look, space horses. <laughs> it was a great scene. Space and then horses. they have that throwaway line. Wow, Finn, you're doing really good for your second time ever. Yeah, I just picked it up. Because that's Star Wars. People just learn things that's very it. quickly. That's it. Um... Just bringing it back to Ray before we, we finish up, you know, it's... Oh, yes. I probably of course. would have liked liked it if she had died. When she was there dying, I was like, cool, I'm into this, like, very dramatic, unexpected, yeah, kill off your main I mean, it's character. it's potentially the last time we could see this character, so she could have died. Yeah, and I think that probably would have... I was worried, though, because I was like, I know Finn was sort of in the background there, and, you know, Ben had... Uh, Ray in his arms, she was dead. I was like, Finn could walk in and be like, what have you done? 
bang, shoot him in the head with a... <laughs> oh, wow. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo and Juliet style, both dead. Finn's the winner. <laughs> but that's not what happens. Instead, she goes back to Luke's home planet. Tatooine. She buries Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Probably the, the, the least uh, unconvoluted reason to have someone go back to Tatooine. Because there was a purpose for it. Touching moment there. And then you got the old lady on the animal. Was it a horse? <laughs> the old lady and on the animal. Space horse. Space and horse is for everyone. And, you know, and I thought initially, is she supposed to be someone? But of course she's not. She's just, I've not seen somebody in it's however not, long. Didn't everyone on Tatooine, like, die? <laughs> well, not this woman. And she's like, what's your name? And she goes, Ray. And there's a big pause. And it always, it always bugs me in movies where someone has like such a big pause when answering questions in general. But this is a big delay. She looks over and we get Force Ghost, Luke and Leia, which is always great to mm. see. But that's when it's revealed. She's taken the name Skywalker. Yeah. So she does the James Bond thing a bit differently. But she's like, <laughs> yeah. Ray Skywalker. Ray Skywalker. I don't know. But that, <laughs> doesn't say so like maybe that, she, yeah. she doesn't do the James Bond thing at all. Ignore that. I might edit that out. But if it's still in, I couldn't be asked. We had a we had a good laugh. It was a good time. The journey. <laughs> but yeah, she she takes the name, which which I like, and it's going back to what I was saying before, how your family isn't necessarily yeah. your birth family or your you know your blood relatives. It's the family that you make yeah, along the way. What the movie is saying, which again is different, but it, you know, sort of similar. It's it's uh, this movie says it's more of it doesn't matter where you come from. On one hand, it does because you get all the crazy lightning power, but it also doesn't because you can choose your family essentially. Like, you don't have to play by the rules of where you came from. So she denounced her Palpatine-ness and adopted this Skywalker thing for herself with, I guess, the permission of Luke and Leia, Force Ghost versions of themselves. Well, they seemed happy about it. Yeah, which is a bit strange. I mean, Leia, on one hand, was... I guess maybe like a mother type figure from her, like she trained her and all that kind of stuff. Luke, she didn't really have that much of a you know big thing with just that. Yeah, but that's the movie that we're on... not supposed to pay attention to. <laughs> just assume she was trained by both. All good, her masters. You know, that's it. There is a line of dialogue where Ray refers to Leia as master. Well, she did train her. I know she did, but that's never been said until this movie, um... and I really liked that. Because Leia, she didn't follow the path that Luke did. And I always loved in the original trilogy, he's our last hope. No, there's another. Just a mystery. And I've always, I've always liked because that. The, the fact that we had Leia, like we see her training, we, we see did. her... But she obviously took sort of, a different path. Yeah, she did actually learn to become a, a Jedi and learn the ways of the Jedi. And that kind of makes it a bit, you know, that infamous scene where she's sort of supermaning it. In the last Jedi. Well, you say Superman, I say Mary Poppins, but you know. Ah, oh, either way, she's flying. Yeah. <laughs> she's force flying. <laughs> but it that makes more sense now. So, because it's like... She we did, always knew she was force sensitive. She was force sensitive, sensitive yeah. But <laughs> she's force capable. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we've, what we basically find out here is that Leia is a Jedi master. Mm. She's just not... That's not the path she's taking. Yeah. She's having a different approach and she's leading the rebels. But with with Rey Skywalker, I mean that I've spent the majority of the movie trying to work out why is this movie called Rise of Skywalker? And again, go. I kept leaning towards it's gonna be Ben but technically he's as solo. a Skywalker. He but, he's, Skywalker. but he's Ben Solo. Yeah, but he's the lineage of even, Skywalker. Even Palpatine says that he's the last Skywalker. Yeah, but of the Skywalker sky- line, 
but then you know, obviously, taking his dad's name, which is very traditional, is what he would. Well, do you know, know. Solo is not his real name. So, (laughs) I mean, yes, that's right Mm. because of that movie. (laughs) Is it actually concreted that his name is Ben Solo, or is it Ben Organa? No, I mean Han Solo. It's revealed that that he just made it up. So who are these people anyway? No, but no, no, but Han Solo, all all intents and purposes, is. Han Solo. Yeah. So Ben is Ben Solo, yeah. but his mum's surname was Argana, not Skywalker. That's true. But he's part of the Skywalker line, so what is? He technically is a Skywalker. Just like Rey, because she adopted the name. <laughs> Different. But the but, ending but it refers more with Rey Skywalker. Yeah. She now knows who she is. So it's the rise of Rey Skywalker, yes. not the rise of Ben Skywalker. That title would be a spoiler. <laughs> I there were so many moments in this movie and bits of dialogue and stuff where I was thinking even bits of dialogue in The Last Jedi where I was like this would be a better title for this movie like if this was called Star Wars The Last Hope call back to the very first movie well the very first movie when it was retitled Star Wars The Final Order call back to like Order 66 they do say the fun. I don't know. I think all of these would have worked. I actually yeah. like The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. It's long. The titles in this sequel trilogy have all been marketing tactics. It's like, yeah. we've got to use Force in the title. We've got to use Jedi in the oh. title. Yeah. Let's use Skywalker in the title. Absolutely right. Mm. Marketing. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. Um, on that, if you're done yeah. with this movie, let's give our rating. And you know what? I still don't know where I'm at, so you go first. <laughs> okay. And... Um, I had a lot of fun with this. You know, you heard my thoughts on Chewbacca being captured. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed this. It seems a lot of people didn't, but just based on my own personal experience, like, I had a really fun time watching this movie. I really want to watch it again. It's a lot of fun, like almost start to finish for different reasons. I had a smile on my face, you know, it got the heart going at times. I had like knots in my stomach at times. I was feeling the action, the emotion. So across the board, I can't ding it too much for that ridiculous Chewbacca scene. I'm going to come in probably higher than most and I'm thinking higher than you as well. I'm not talking five. But, and I'm talking a generous 0.5 on top of what my score would be, I'm going to come in at a 4.5. Oh, wow. I had a lot of fun with this movie, and it is one of the most Star Wars Star Wars films I've seen. Talk me back to being a little kid, watching that original trilogy. I had a lot of fun with this. And it's really hard to bring it down from that. Okay, I'm coming in. I'm coming in a bit lower, um, and I guess I think I've outlined. I guess where my feelings are. I think I'm in. I think I'm in the right place. Now this could always change depending on how my second viewing of this goes. When I get around to it, or you know, looking back at it in ten years' time or something like that. Of course, like, but like my experience watching it, I did have a good time and I was enjoying things. But you know, like now assessing it and saying, you know, looking at this and that, like there were issues whilst I was watching it and there's sort of more issues looking back at it and although it does tick all those boxes for being a kick-ass Star Wars movie and it feels so Star Warsy, um, I guess 
maybe a lot of my issues are coming from what was laid out before. Like, what had previously come with the previous two movies, like, really damaged my, my overall, you know, experience looking back at this movie now. Um, if this was set up better, if it wasn't as just, here we go, this is what's happening now, I know the course correction is, is there and it's, it's good, but it's like, it shouldn't have happened this way. The the damages from the first two movie caused this to just yeah not be what it should be. This should have been a grand send off. And I guess coming out of it, it's like there is that little bit of disappointment that this is the final of this episodic uh, sort of journey. Um, although there was fantastic stuff to have, great visuals, they're better using the character, better use of the characters and stuff like that, but. I mean, this might be a little bit too harsh or maybe a bit too generous, depending on where you're coming from, but 3.5 out of 5. Ah, I it will hurts. Say, it hurts because yeah, I will say it's a confusing this movie, feeling. It's, it's yeah, confusing. I mean, and I'm leaning more to... I'm I'm coming more from a place of joy, enjoyment joy, yeah. and joy. And, and I felt very satisfied from what this movie... And that's why I'm so glad that we moved up in the schedule we were able to talk about it sooner. Yeah, because you were going a bit mental, to, weren't you? Yeah, just had to talk about it. The idea of like just waiting. Like I had a work Christmas do, and one person had seen it, but we couldn't really get into it too much. And like a room full of people, 80 people, however many. No one had seen it because I watched it on that Thursday. <laughs> Opening day, I was too afraid of leaving it. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. But where this movie is like over-the-top nostalgic, it's... Like, pretty predictable, but these elements I really liked. Maybe if it wasn't Star Wars, it was something else. I'd have thought, oh, it was too cheesy <laughs> yeah, or yeah. too no, on the I nose. Mean, and you're not wrong there. Like I said, it, this is a like, Star Wars movie. One of the most Star Wars films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with that. It's just, yeah, as a, as a film and as a part of a, I guess, it, the, the current so much, series that we're... So much fan service. Like, and that's, and I think... Especially if you watched and enjoyed Last Jedi, maybe you're not going to enjoy how fan service heavy this movie is, but it really does go over the top trying to please everybody. Okay, I am going to wrap up with trivia as we normally do. I've got a few little things here. Uh, the initial working title of this movie was Star Wars Black Diamond. That would have been a terrible title. Yeah, awful. That was actually a thing. Um, in June 2018, the working title was changed to Trixie, spelt T-R, capital I, capital X, I-E. One of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> Why? So the, Was that like a working title? Yeah, but the the um, the Roman numerals, I-X, oh. none is in there. So I was like, pretty clever. Oh, no. Pretty clever. Oh, yeah. Because. You can't have Star Wars Trixie. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds shit. Just Trixie, mate. I don't know. Anyway, again, like these titles are just used production just to keep paparazzi and people like Blue Harvest yeah that was a word yeah Um, we mentioned Billy Lord earlier who plays Lieutenant Connix I don't think I name dropped her but um, she was 26 when this movie was filmed which is exactly the same age as Lord's real life mother Carrie Fisher when she starred in Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi wow so just a coincidence oh my god so they're they're both their third Star Wars movie same age Carrie Fisher was so young when they did Star Wars she was very young I had no idea Um, and finally um, now that we have our nine movies we can say Anthony Daniels who plays C-3PO is the only actor to appear in all nine movies well done and again 
that phenomenal scene. <laughs> <laughs> what a way for him to go out, and he did all nine. That is very impressive. Mm. Did you cry at any point during this movie? Oh, there's moments where I probably got glassy-eyed maybe five times. So, <laughs> so, so more than an average viewing of a movie. Yeah, no, it, it did. And I had a very emotional connection with this movie. And like most, it it goes back to your childhood. That's like it. Just watching it as, it as a kid. Because when, when you watch things as a kid and you experience things for the first time, like a movie like Star Wars... I'd never really seen anything like it before. So all these years later, this movie, heavy-handed at times, is tapping into that. That's right. And that's it for our review of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All of our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. If you missed it, Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at Superman Returns and Rewind and Review went back to where the Skywalker saga began, looking back at Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Be sure to also check out our recent reviews of The Addams Family and Noel. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. 